everyone, and welcome to episode 412 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you this fine Monday, Richard? This it's actually a Monday. This is this is a real I'm Monday, not well, one of our fake Mondays. It's always been Monday, Seth. Every every day is a Monday. Every day's a Monday. <laughs> every day's a Monday. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm doing good, too. We got some fun stuff to talk about today. But before we get into that, we got another co-host in Krim. Morning, Krim. How are you today? Good morning. Uh, had a wild morning. Had a nosebleed and then from, from blowing my nose. So, you know, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's kind of rough. It, it looks good now. I think I think you're better now. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or as we had mentioned earlier, I got I got into a brawl. That's what it is. That's yeah. the cooler version. <laughs> anyway, today, our big topic, we have Phyrexia All Will Be One spoilers. Not a ton of them, but our early sneak peek spoilers. So we want to talk about what we know about our new Phyrexia set. Also, a couple of interesting things to come off of uh, Mark Rosewater's blog asking about, do we want our Planeswalkers to be completed? And some speculation about big changes coming with March of the Machines in the future. And just this morning, there was a storm scale update from Mark Rosewater covering some more recent set so we might get into that as well and answer some fish mail questions before we get into all that though a reminder that today's show is brought to you by card conduit and card conduit they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards and if you're tired of all the hassles that go into buy listing your cards card conduit lets you skip them you get to skip the typing and all the time and all the work with their curated service you can send in as many cards as you want with a buy list value of a dollar or more in pages to five percent service fee and if you want to put in a little bit of effort on your end you can use their sorted service where you list and sort your cards ahead of time in pages to 2% fee. And no matter which one you choose, you're going to get a detailed report with the results and a fast payment once the order is processed. And right now, you can even get another 10% off if you head over to cardconduit.com slash mtgoldfish. Card Conduit, they were the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So thank you to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And let's talk some magic. And more specifically, let's talk Phyrexia All Will Be One spoilers. So this is... The next premiere set, it's coming out the end of January, beginning of February. Uh, we don't have a ton of info yet, but we do get a little bit, including, I think, six spoiler cards. So, Richard, why don't you guide us through some uh, Phyrexia spoilers? All right. Phyrexia, all will be one. Set code one, O-N-E. <laughs> uh, they released, I think, one, two, three, four, five, six cards. You can find them at MTG previews. Uh, there's also six versions of... Uh, Elish Norn, which we're about to talk about. Uh, so Elish Norn, Mother of Machines, five or five mana, so four and a white, uh, four seven, legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor, Mythic, Vigilance. If a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Permanents entering the battlefield don't cause abilities of permanents your opponents control to trigger. It's Panormonomom. It's literally a Panormonicon. <laughs> I would have never guessed. Like, we knew Ellis Jordan was coming. I would have never guessed it would be a Panormonicon effect. And I think this is actually a good one. Like, that has some legit stats. A 4-7 Vigilance. That's going to block all day against basically everything in the format. Is this a standard playable Panormonicon? Especially when you add in the hate ability that's shutting down your opponent's Blood Tithe Harvester isn't making a blood anymore. Or Lauren isn't blowing up your artifacts. Like, hating on your opponent's stuff as well. Hey, Krim, what do you think? Can this be a standard playable Panormonicon? Or is just just another commander card? 
Uh, I, I see, I'm kind of trying to think about it right now as we look at it. Like, what are the good ETBs? Uh, are there any that we can take advantage of now? I mean, right? Titan like, of Industry. Titan of Industry, sure. Um, and there's a lot of cheap, cheap stuff. You got like your brutal Cathars, your spirited companions, uh, Lauren itself. Like, there's a lot of okay. a lot of white cards. Uh, what's the six drop angel that used to be reanimated? Oh, Sanctuary Warden. Sanctuary yep. Warden. So there's I mean, there's a pretty good list, I think. And then like the second half, which is like, what are we like? Are are we gonna shut off enough things? I mean, maybe that changes with all is one. Maybe that like right now it just looks okay. I mean. Uh, I love it in uh, like Commander, obviously. Uh, but but yeah, like I I cannot wait for this in Commander. Uh, however, this in Standard, I'm waiting to see. Especially, uh, you know, we're not. We're, I'm not gonna be too eager yet because we've got a lot of time until the new set. And the last time I said she altered is a is a doo doo <laughs> card, and apparently she altered is everywhere. So. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're going to see, but as of right now, I love it in commander. I am still reserved on it for, for standard. So I, I, I love it. I, I think the artwork is awesome. There's a Junji Ito variant, uh, and it looks amazing. So if you're a fan of the Junji Ito secret lair, um, and Junji Ito's like, you know, you know, comics and all that stuff that he's done, he does a variant of Elish Norn, mother of machines, and it looks awesome. What do you think, like Richard? Call- he called it a variant, uh, but it is. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> so insanely broken, and I am so incredibly disappointed at Watsy for printing this. <laughs> I think it's broken across standard and commander. Um, I thought we didn't like stacks, so Watsy decided to put stacks with upside, so now everyone can get stacks. And you're like, well, I'm not trying to stacks you guys. I'm just trying to panarmonicon <laughs> myself. Uh, in standard, I think it is insanely broken. Uh, so normally, if you play a Panarmonicon, you take a turn off, right? Because you, yep. you basically played a nothing card. And then you're going to make it back up the next turn when you double your triggers. Now you don't fall behind at all because you played a 5-mana 4-7 Vigilance that shuts off your opponent's stuff. You're, you are, like, very slightly behind, the, you know, the, the power level of, like, of a 5-drop should be. And now your Titan of Industry, your Sanctuary Warden or whatever, gets, like, double the value. And then you slingshot way ahead. And we are in grindy standard. Like, I think this card is absolutely insane. Um, I don't know why they had to push it this hard. And I don't know why they had to push this the stacks piece that hard, right? Like, people don't like stacks. Like, here's your stacks everywhere because it comes with upside. Um, and I also just dislike the fact that it's a mid-range Praetor. This should be a 10-mana, like, destroy-the-world kind of thing, right? Not a mid-rangey value value engine thing right like i thought children would be the exception but i mean give, all give me my uncastable like 10 drop <laughs> praetors to reanimate or something most all of the new ones are pretty the, efficient yeah. they're pretty yeah efficient, because they want costed. people to play them but i want them to be flashy like like think of the the, the splash that elish norn makes originally right this is now a support piece right <laughs> now she comes down and then she like supports your all-star Titan of Industry. Like, that's not how I want my deck to work, right? I want Elish Norn to be smashing face, right? So, flavor-wise, I, I think it's a bit of a meh, too. Oh, I mean, I, what? <laughs> I think it's, like, pretty sick. It needs to cost nine mana, Krim. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> then it would I mean, be oh, unplayable, right? I, I like that it's yeah, got a chance to be playable. Oh, in Commander, also, this card's going to be hated. Like, I, I honestly think that people are going to hate this card. Like, yes. just like Richard said, people play it as a Panharmonicon. And 
I think you can just throw this in almost in almost any deck. Because if you look at what is popular in Commander, it's creatures with ETB triggers. Look at the top 100 creatures on EDH Rec. It's Mana Dorks. And then if it's not a Mana Dork, it's Eternal Witness, Dockside, Sun Titan, Baleful Strike, Solemn Simulacrum. It's a list of cards that this just completely hoses. Avengers Endicar, Crater Hoof Behemoth, Great Merchant Asphodel. It just keeps going. So this just incidentally is going to shut down a lot of what your opponent's deck is doing. And then even if you aren't a full-on Panarmonicon deck, you're probably playing those cards because those are the good cards, the Eternal Witnesses and the other ETB effects. So I think this is just like absurd in Commander, like almost borderline too good because of its stacks ability in Commander. And I think it's going to be really good in Standard. Like I've played more of Pandermaga cons than anyone. As Richard said, the problem is you got to take that turn off and you get really, really punished sometimes by being uh, like trying to find a window to actually be like four mana, do nothing this turn. I'll catch up next turn. Ellis Yorn completely solves it. A four seven is... That's a body. That's a body that's going to block for days. So, and it triggers on any permanence, which is kind of exciting too, compared to Panharmonicon, which is just artifacts and enchantments. The cards, the cards absurd. It's so, I'm so happy about it. If anything, I'm afraid people are going to start hating Panharmonicons because of this, which would be a bummer. But other than that, like, oh, I love this card. It's, is there any hot tech in standard? So it, it shuts off all permanents, right? So, you know, like the Hushbringer combos that you can play. Yep. Is there any such card in standard that if Elish Nord is out of control, you just play a deck full of that stuff? I mean, mono white mid range, it, it's great in the deck, but it's also great against the deck. <laughs> uh, like, so mono white mid range is pretty darn popular. Uh, and, and if that's the case, this is good against it. And now you're shutting off also Archangel of Wrath, Blood Tithe Harvester. No, 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 no. I want like in, the, the, yeah. the Phyrexian Dreadnought oh, there's, type cards. Like, like the, the super standard? downside cards that got I, turned off by Elish Norn. I'm pretty yeah, sure there's standard? no like, yeah, in standard. I'm pretty yeah, sure there's no standard. like Hunted Cycle or no. Uro or Croxa or something like that that's going to be like, yeah. oh, you play this. Like, I got you for it. Like, maybe something comes in future sets. But right now, I don't think there's anything that really pops punishes you for playing this great well i can see the calls for bandings on reddit Ugh, two days <laughs> in commander definitely probably standard too but i mean okay if you want to go deeper what about wait. older formats like uh, older formats can you what, what, like can you work out a way to jam this five drop yeah, so it is get this into play. It is expensive, that's true, but it does shut down like all the evoke elementals, which is kind of intriguing in a format like modern. Like your fury's not right. killing my stuff, your solitude's not killing my stuff. It is five mana, that's probably still gonna be you'd have to ramp into it somehow, so it would be hard to take right. advantage of, but it does. I mean, Stone Forges, the Elementals, Turok, it hates on a lot of the most popular cards that see playing modern. But maybe it's just too slow to matter. Like that might be the I mean, that might be the issue. At that point, wouldn't we just play Takali Honor Guard or something? Yeah. That's two mana. But this isn't gonna get like pushed and bolted and all the other things. Like this is actually pretty hard to kill if you shut down the evoke elementals. Like you it, need it an actual hard removal fury. spell. <laughs> it's it blocks just everything hard to get to. Also. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, that is the concern. Is it is I mean yeah, if you can get it on the board, like it just bodies like half of modern, right? Yeah, if not pretty, all of it, pretty much. But it's got, I realized uh, something. Yeah, another th an one of the most popular planeswalkers gets wrecked by this, the Wandering Emperor, because it no longer has flash. 
Wait. Like, or it can't activate its ability. Oh, you're right. You Wait, can't like, activate... what does it actually say? You can't flash it. As, no, you, you can still flash it in. in. As long but, as it entered the battlefield, actually, I'm not sure. No, no, no. It's not an is, ETB, wait, is it? Isn't it is right? Isn't that? It's a static. That, I think it's a, a static? static ability. Yeah. Is it okay? Oh. Actually, that's that's a pretty I mean, good. It still hoses Wandering Emperor. It has vigilance and like game over for Wandering Emperor. <laughs> that's actually like a pretty good a pretty good reminder though because. I think we haven't had a panoramic on in standard for a minute. You really want to look for uh, for cards that say when this enters the battlefield, it does something. Because I know like anointed peacekeeper is in standard and it kind of feels like an ETB trigger uh, where you get to like you see your opponent's hand and tax something. But that says as it enters the battlefield. So that's not a triggered ability. and isn't going to do anything with LSU. So keep that in mind if you decide to build around this card. Same with commander. You really want things that trigger when they enter the battlefield, not as they enter the battlefield. Whack. All right. While we're still on Alish Norn, okay, there, there, I think there's actually six versions. So you have the normal version, you have the the showcase version, yep. you have the Phyrexian version, you have the Concept Praetors version, okay, and you have the Step and Complete Foils, okay, and then you have the Slick Oil Raised Foils, <laughs> What do you think about having like 8 million versions of the same card in standard at the same time? Two new foil versions and then uh, Wait. all unique art. Wh- hold on. <laughs> isn't, isn't this just normal? I feel like this is just normal No, it's normal not. This is, this is way above normal. Normally, there's like two, three versions. And normally, there's, there's only like two, now. three arts, right? Like the, the extended is the same as the, the, the main set. Uh, but we actually have new, so the, the oil slick raised foils uh, are a new thing. It looks like it, it's like drawn in motor oil or something. Like I think that's the. Oh, that's the, like that the, one. Yeah. Okay. And then the com- step and complete foils. I'm not sure what it is, but uh, it's also a new foil type. And then you have concept traders, which is a different art type. Phyrexian, which is the main set art, but Phyrexian text. Phyrexian language text, and then showcase, which is like the inked art, and then the main set. I mean, okay. I think, like, I think it's which one do you fine. go for? Like, how do you know what's more rare, what's more collectible, what's whatever? I don't know. That is, I think it's preference, right? Isn't it? I mean, as I far guess... as which one you play, I think it's preference. As far as if you're like, which one should I be most excited that I opened in my pack for like value purposes? It's probably no the idea. Phyrexian writing. Is it? I feel like Phyrexian writing is <laughs> so always... Phyrexian like, writing children is actually the cheapest children printing you can buy. So it's actually is not that popular. The People cheapest? like to understand their cards in 2020. Wow. <laughs> I wow. Mean, I think which one would you play? Like, there's definitely a concern that like people don't know when they open a good card. Like, I think that's a real thing. But I like as far as like building decks, people have options. Like, if you want to build an Elish Norn Commander deck. Maybe the one you like isn't the same as the one I like. I was watching the stream as they were announcing all the versions, and I was convinced it was going to be the Fraxian one. But then I actually really, really love the concept Praetors. Like, I think that's just a really clean looking magic that's card. The, the white whole background, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a white. white background with like a stripe kind of the Praetors color in there. So I think I feel- that's my favorite. Richard, I think those ones are, 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 are going to be your favorites. They look like angels from Evangelion. Yeah, they give I, I, me 
Yeah, I like the, and I like the I like the the stripe of color in the background. It really right. gives me that like Power Rangers vibe or something, right? Where it's like this is the one for white. Uh, but the, if I was being sweaty, I'd play Phyrexian. But, yeah. I want to go to a tournament. My opponent is like, "Oh, should I call a judge to get the oracle? I don't want to look like a noob." And like, "Oh, I think this," and they're like in the middle of a hard decision, and they have to figure out what the heck this card even does. So I would go Phyrexian all the way just to sweat out that. 0.1% increase in win rate. <laughs> uh, I, I also would play foreign if I were getting sweaty. Otherwise, <laughs> I would play the Junji Ito version. Yeah. Um, and then the the ink version looks really cool. Uh, but and, and it looks kind of like horror movie esque with with Elishnor. It looks like Silent Hill, and I definitely think of Pyramid Head. A lot of slow bad though. So what is Elishnor doing in the Junji Ito one? That to me that looks like the try to scare away a bear like make yourself look big and make a lot of noise <laughs> yeah, like yeah. there's a bear off card that's that's coming at her like but what is that pose i don't i don't that, get the pose you, you open the door in resident <laughs> evil and this is what you find yeah or or you know like this is the big reveal of what the monster looks like but there's there's also the version where i could see uh like elish norn's yelling baka <laughs> 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 and then and then there's uh like yeah like i don't know i i like the artwork it just looks cool like you can also just tell when it's jinji ito's art yeah. like just the way it's drawn so i'm here for it yeah so i guess the question is do these new foils curl yeah, yeah that's all what i cared about like, your standard rptq or whatever <laughs> so yeah. uh i i saw i just saw the jinji ito the Yo- yoji shinkawa secret layer in foil uh, it's finally because it, it, it my it, my roommate got his. I don't know how he got his before mine, but but like <laughs> <laughs> but like like legitimately though, it looks sturdy. It's like the etched foil. So now okay. and it's gorgeous. So now it makes me sad I didn't get the foil because oh, no. it looks like it, it like it's straight as cardboard. It hasn't curled. Uh, it looks really good. So I what are the what's the foiling gonna be for these? Because if if these are gonna curl up, that's gonna suck. I remember when I I have I have a foil uh, Phyrexian Jin from the new set from Kamigawa, and that is on really good cardboard. Uh, so I don't know, the, like, will the shielded like has that been okay? Has like the foiling is so on and off with Magic. Yeah, that is pretty yeah, hit or well, miss. Also, there's a new foiling style like every set. I don't. Did you see the one that has, like, the little Phyrexia symbols, if you, like, shimmer in the light? I don't know which one of what? these new foiling, which one of these new foiling, uh, <laughs> foilings it is. I, it might have been the Concept Praetor but, Stepping Complete Foil. Uh, but yeah, I think that's Stepping That's the Oil complete. Slick, right? Maybe? <clears throat> I don't know. There's too many to keep track of. <laughs> yes. The Let's move on yes. before we continue to spread misinformation it's, about Watsy foiling. <laughs> But my question is, is that a draw? Like, is having a new style of foil every set, is that something that makes people buy cards? Because I honestly oh. don't care. Like, to me, like, oh, new style foil is just, like, I ignore it. It's not anything that appeals to me. I'm not sure if it's well, different for other didn't people. Didn't you like though. Galaxy if, Foils from Infinity? Galaxy Foils yeah. look good. That one did look yeah. good. If it's, so I think if that's it's the set exclusive. Yeah, if it's set exclusive. I mean, like, like if I don't see like a Phyrexian foil in every other set, then that's that's like great, right? Like then this is like yeah. specific to all is one. 
Yeah, that's like fair, if they just marketed in Phyrexia all is one, there are non Pringle foils. That's all they need to tell me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. they don't curl <laughs> in lowercase quotes. Forget that. How about we'll stay flat in five years? I will take that. Like absolutely, uh, and that that's the only question. I presumably they're playing with the foiling so that they can get the cards to stay flat, and then if that's the case, then go for it. Um, all right, moving on. We have a, a favorite reprint that uh, is always super expensive for no apparent reason. And that is Phyrexian Obliterator. Black, 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 black. So four mana value, four devotion. Uh, Mythic, Trample. Whenever a source deals damage to Phyrexian Obliterator, that source's controller sacrifices that many permanents. 5-5. Five, five. It's okay. 2023, the year for Phyrexian Obliterator in Standard. The, the last time Obliterator was in Standard, I forced it. Uh, I was very good against red deck. Uh, <laughs> I was very bad everywhere else. <laughs> but the card pretty much just should read trample and unblockable. <laughs> like that's that's just how it reads. I've never seen anyone want to block this. It, Modern red was finally having an uptick in standard, and like you're seeing it a lot more. But now <laughs> Modern red is back in the ground because what does Modern red do against this? Loose, like how does basically it... yeah like red just cannot beat this <laughs> <laughs> like, i guess like red if you get your opponent low enough that you can like burn them out that's your best chance or like alpha strike through it but you got to be yeah. super aggro to make that work do you think it'll yeah. be good this time like i was looking back at old deck lists and it definitely wasn't a staple last time it was in standard it no, saw it like not. a little bit of fringe play there was like a zombie deck that played it a mono black control deck but these were not like top tier decks during its era it was also this was back during innistrad era right so it was fighting like vapor snag snapcaster vapor snag and stuff like yeah. that it was just like pretty did not line up with the meta do you think you'll see like meaningful standard play this time around or is this still just like a janky build around you build like Gilgari and throw in fight spells and try to get your opponent and your deck wins you know 45 percent of the time but you love it when it actually <laughs> does its thing because you just wreck people with it i mean it's gonna force actual hard removal right so like it gets obviously around cut down but like with the braids running around all those things like like mono white is probably the most like equipped to deal with it and easily because if they have lay down arms, destroy evil, just like simple hard removal, right? But otherwise, you need go for the throats and and you need infernal grasp on the spot. This cannot stay. However, is this gonna be better? I think it will be better. I think it will be better this time around. Because mono black exists. Mono black no, is actually good. Because children exist. Like any reason to play this, like goes out the window. And no, no, no. This, this is this. I think this will get played even with Shieldred. Because I was accounting for that too. It's like the other four drops in its spot is Shieldred. Will it be a main deck? Maybe not. It, it might be a seventy-five card. I I think one of the concerns like, like is five-five is not big enough in twenty twenty-two. Like a, it gets Wandering Emperor now. Like it, you can't even like get the Ooh. free unblockable hits Ooh. in, right? But like, the problem with this is people just race you, right? They're like, I take the five, you don't have a blocker, and now I swing with, like, my larger team. Like, that's how green deals with this thing, right? You just hit them back with, like, a 6-6 six, six trample or something, right? And then you're winning the race. So I think it's too small for this essentially, like, really big invisible stalker, right? <laughs> like, it, it needs to be even bigger, or you need to be able to equip it or, like, give it lifelink or something or just cheese them out with fight spells. Like, maybe... 
were grindy enough that you can just throw in some fight spells and then two for one yourself as they remove obliterator. <laughs> um, but like that's that's gotta be it, right? Like there's no way you can play this fairly. Like Shouldred probably races a lot better than this, right? If you're gonna try to do this unblockable thingy. So yeah. it needs it, it needs to be like an eight eight or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mega that would be, that would, be like, would, it, would it even be playable at an eight eight? I'm not even sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't think it's that far from being play. I think it'll see some play. I don't think it's going to be great, but I think you'll see it a little bit. Like a lot of decks don't want four shield rids because it is legendary. So maybe you can play a copy of Obliterator in there or something. I will say, like the good news is people are playing Invoke Despair, which is four black mana symbols, and apparently that is not a big deal for even three color decks in the standard. So if people can cast that, they can probably cast this if they want to. On the other hand, <laughs> remember what Krim was saying about like, you gotta play hard removal. I feel like uh, most decks already have to do that because of Shieldred. I think the one place that really makes a difference is against red. Like red tries to bring in rending flames to have a five damage removal spell to kill Shieldred. That's not gonna work against Obliterator. But I feel like most decks are already playing stuff that can kill Obliterator because you gotta be able to kill Shieldred. So like that removal is already really heavily played because people I are mean, trying to have another card. But people have to like play an honest amount of it, right? Not like a few here and there. Like, you're That's... seeing, like, two go for the throats, two infernal grasps, things like that, right? And then, like, a split between a braid cut, like, you know, three cut downs or so. Unless you're mono black. Mono black has the full play set, right? Mono black is yeah. equipped to deal with it, for sure. And mono white can deal with it. Those two decks are the ones they're going to do pretty easily. Yeah. Otherwise, the rest are, are like, kind of, like, trimming numbers here and there and relying on, like, invoke despair. I mean, because everything else is removal, right? Blood Tithe, Harvester, Invoke Despair, Wandering Emperor. Like, you have removal all over the place, just not actual, like, instant speed spells. And I disagree with Seth. Like, when you cobble together your four black mana to cast Invoke Despair, you immediately get ahead. When you cobble <laughs> together your, like, four black mana for Obliterator, they're like, cool, that was a really hard to cast children. Um, <laughs> next, right? So... You know, you do run into mana issues, but people deem it worth it to cast the Invoke, right? But I don't know, you know, if, if I do this on turn six, because that's when I finally cobbled together my black mana, like, is that still a thing? Like, you need to actually play this on curve. So, yeah, that, uh, I don't uh, know. I think people will force it. I think we'll, we'll find out how many old timers are, because <laughs> everyone always loves forcing Obliterator. Uh, even in Commander, this thing has always held a high price tag, even though it's basically stone unplayable, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I I think I'm more excited for in Pioneer actually than Standard because it's new to it's new to Pioneer and I've been playing a lot of Mono Black Devotion since we got Nykthos on Arena and it's actually pretty sweet. So I think that might be where we see where we see Obliterator get a chance to shine. Like Pioneer might be the sweet spot for for uh, for Obliterator. That's that's something I was wondering as well because the four black pips is so good, right? Like it's like free if you have Nykthos. Yeah, like you're you can get that mana back right away if you want to. And then you exactly. have better mana. We've we've seen some fringe decks in the past, like actually splashing green and mono black for the fight spells or something, which the mana is definitely good enough to do that in Explorer Pioneer if you want to. So Mo- I think mono that's red where... is even more popular there. Uh, yeah. Like especially like if you're looking at like the uh, uh, like Explorer Pioneer, like and then of course you and then it goes up even more when you start looking at like like best of one, right? Yep. So best of one with it being aggro, this card is going to be like, and that's true of all like, you know, standard and explorer. So 
I can't wait to jam this in those formats as well. Yeah, I, I think it'll be fun there for sure. All right. So uh, now that Farsino Obliterator has destroyed Mono Red once again, let's look <laughs> to Mono Red Savior, Koth, Fire of Resistance. Ooh. Two Red Red. <laughs> Four starting loyalty. Legendary Planeswalker Koth at rare. Plus two, search a library for a basic mountain card, reveal it, put it in your hand, and shuffle. Minus three, deals damage to target creature equal to the number of mountains you control. Don't target obliterator. Minus seven, you get an emblem with. Whenever a mountain enters a battlefield under your control, this emblem deals four damage to any target. This is so bad. Koth that got done so dirty by Wadzi. Like, Koth is such a sweet character, and they made it such a bad <laughs> card. Okay, it is rare. I will. One of the gimmicks, there's 10 Planeswalkers in the set, so some of them are rare. I guess that's a little bit of an excuse, but just as a card, this is just, like, stone unplayable everywhere, right? Like, would you ever put this in a deck in any format? I, I haven't found a reason to after, like, seeing that. And, like, it's a basic mountain that you're tutoring, not just, yeah. like, any mountain. <laughs> so, like, they really wanted to keep it so that you just were – this was bad. Like, I, this, this emblem I, doesn't even win the game. You're like, I not. play a mountain, deal four damage <laughs> once a turn. Thank you. <laughs> so, you're essentially – your ultimate is Koth's original plus one from, like, way back, yeah. right? Because, like, yeah. I, I don't know. This is This is, like – terrible this is actually just awful of a, a card and we're gonna see if like it gets better but like holy cow how do you how do, how is it that koth got worse after mm -hmm. i don't know what the story is but isn't it hasn't he just been on last scene on like what where, where uh scars of mirrodin or new phyrexia yeah it's been he was forever. last seen there he's been fighting forever and somehow <laughs> in his time fighting forever he's just gotten worse yeah, he, he hasn't not, eaten in like eight years, Chris. <laughs> <You know>, like, <laughs> this was like search and rescue in the mountains. Found Cobb. <laughs> we found him. I mean, you were searching, searching in a basic mountain for a lost. Like, like that's for sure. Like. God. So bad. Like, oh my goodness. Someone hates red at Watsy. Like, and why that, is this? Uh, and red could use some good cards right now. It's not like red's. It's not one of those standards where it's like red's been dominant for two years. Like we used to talk about during like a Tarka red era. The negative three also lines up so bad with Shieldred or Obliterator for that matter. Like your opponent plays their Shieldred and you can't immediately kill it with your cough because it doesn't, you know, have enough mountains if it's on turn four. So, oh, it's just. I don't, someone, so I posted on Twitter. I want your opinion on this. I posted on Twitter that I thought this card was cool, so unplayable. And a couple of people were like, hey, I'm going to play it in mono red Planeswalker Commander decks. Is it even good in, like, there? Is fetching a mountain every turn somehow good in... I mean, obviously, Commander, play whatever you want to play. If you love the card, throw it in your deck. But as far as being good, I don't I don't see it there either. <laughs> Why There's is one it home, good? And it's a uh, Koth-flavored... Theme Koth, deck on Koth Tribal. Koth Tribal, yeah. Koth, <laughs> with, with two Koths in yeah. existence. I, where, I thought he was sure going to play this Unlimited. I'm like, is this even good? This is like the ripoff Planeswalker, where you open a Planeswalker, like, I've won nothing. This kind of sucks. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're we, mono red, it's probably all right. The emblem probably would actually be good in Limited. Although, really, like, red, so you have the emblem. <laughs> and how many, how many mountains are you going to have by the time you emblem this? If you're playing a red deck, you're usually not trying to play a ton of lands. Like, are you going to have mountains to play after you so reach So if you have a two-color deck, you have, like, eight mountains, <laughs> essentially, in your deck, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess Triumphs could help a little bit in Standard, but still. Yeah. Like, it's a pretty medium card, uh, but whereas Planeswalkers are usually slam dunks and limited, but I don't know about this one. <laughs> this this uh, feels like if you open 
Tybalt at Avison uh, restored pre-release. Yes, I which did. I, did. I tried to play him and it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, that was it bad. I just I just straight up lost. <laughs> so this this is not a good one. Wow, this is bad. Well, um, so that's Koth. That's red. Okay, thank you, red. Yep. Uh, back to blue. Blue Suns Twilight X Blue Blue Sorcery. Gain control of target creature with mana value X or less. If X is five or more, create a token that's a copy of that creature. I mean, mono blue would like would play this and like in in what Theros standard? What's the uh, old? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. that. Yeah, that, like this. Is I know just the card. Like a... I'm trying to think. What is the? Oh, I want to say engulf the shore, but that's not no. engulf the shore. But it's like, oh yeah, X and, like and then there are, there's also the Ixalan version or whatever it's an ixalan right yeah like it's blue blue x this was this is just pretty much that card but upgraded and i don't know is is that is that good enough in the like in in 60 card in commander this looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun but like in 60 card i don't know if this is good enough because i spend all this mana i spend let's just say six mana or or or, or let's just say I spend seven mana. I get what two shielders? That's bad because that's gonna blow up. Uh, like, like, <laughs> everything's I, legendary. <laughs> everything's legendary. Correct. Everything is just gonna get like dunked on by invoke despair. If this is like your only creature that you've acquired, I don't know this. This card is like nine dollars right now, and I think it's just because it's early hype. But like, I think this card's bad. I mean, I wouldn't say it's bad. I I cannot think of the name of the Ixalan version, but that one saw sideboard play, and it was this is sure. the same thing, but like a little bit upgraded. So I could see if you're playing like mono blue Delver or something, some other color that just like I think that's where it saw play in the past. Like you're playing mono blue, you don't really have a lot of removal options. This is a spell, so it's flipping your Delver cheaper with haughty gin uh so i I feel like it it could play a role in a deck like that but i definitely don't think this is a is a staple wait it it was the the previous versions you had to pay x for x plus banda value like what are you taking like why don't you just play like fading hope or something like why are we i assume you want to like cast this for like eight or something and actually take like a titan of industry or um you know a sanctuary warden or something like that right not remove your two drop like you like if if red somehow starts popping off, sure you could steal their one drop, but <laughs> I think they've done a good job of making sure red doesn't exist. So <laughs> I mean, you Ma- get the you get the Hadijin discount, right? So for four mana, you can get a, a entrancing drop. melody, entrancing melody. There it is, entrancing that, melody. That is the, yeah, yeah. the Magic the Gathering card. <laughs> oh, I mean. Like, yeah, like, Entrancing Melody is the card. That was very popular. That was, like, you know, a a very good card then. But I don't know if it is now. Like, the only thing that I could see this, like, being pulled, like, put in for is, like, a, what's that uh card from the the 2-2 that enlists that has, like, in- indestructible. It, uh-huh. It's hard for Mono Blue to deal with it. You could just steal it. I mean, yeah, you could always just bounce it, but, like, maybe you want to bounce something else. I kind of like it. The mana. I kind of like it in a ramp deck. I think ramp is kind of underrated. Yeah. Like every time I play Simic Ramp, it does pretty well. If you are ramping and getting the copy of this because you have a lot of mana and you can steal like Flesh Gorgers or even just random like Sarah Paragons, which is like any random thing, it's probably going to be pretty good. The Legend thing hurts a little bit. It doesn't line up well with Shouldered in specific, but 
I would play out of the sideboard in like Simic Ramp or something. Again, I don't think it's a staple, but I wouldn't say it's like absolutely unplayable. Okay. I, I, yeah, I don't know. It maybe in ramp, yeah, like it's pretty good there if we can get a ramp deck going. But like to me, I, so far, it just looks bad. I bet Phil will play this a lot in Commander. This feels like a very Phil like <laughs> ramp into it, steal your thing, get a copy of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, next up, uh, Jor Kadeen, the first Gold Warden, Boros, red and white, so two mana value, two two. Legendary creature, human rebel, trample. When it attacks, it gets plus X plus X, where X is a number of equipped creatures you control. Then if Jorkadine's power is greater than four, draw a card. This this is the most like boring, like Boros. <laughs> like it like like kind of card. It it's just like every other Boros card before it, right? Yeah, it's like the fifth best Boros equipment commander, I, maybe, or something. <laughs> like <laughs> however. There is something to note is that Rebel. We yeah. see Rebel. We haven't uh, seen Rebel in a long time. Although yeah, they confirm yeah. there's not going to be Rebel searching coming back to standard. So we're not going to get that mechanic again. Uh, Well, that was about as much as I saw. I thought about it. Like, it's a two mana 2-2 two, two, and it does Boros thing. I mean, and it uh, maybe there's an equipment deck. Like, could we get the pieces for an equipment deck? Two mana 2-2 two, two, Trample isn't the worst starting stats. It we do it. have the, the reconfigure equipment, so you can play equipment that are also creatures, which helps you up your right. equipment count. I'm but still, are I, any of those uh, actually that good? They're like, they're medium. They're pretty they're pretty medium, honestly. Like, yeah. Like it's never like, oh, I equip one of my reconfigure things, they're popping off. They're, they're I can't I can't win. But like I also thought Brothers War would have brought at least a few equipments. But like but not really. No. Although, they're, like, they're, traditionally Mirrodin is very equipment-heavy. So maybe true. in Fraxia Salve or March of the Machines, if we get, like, the swords coming back to standard or something, this card could... It could be it could be okay. But as it is, like, I don't know why you would play this in standard. I mean, maybe you, you were right, though. Rabbit Battery. Okay. Oh, God. That draws a card. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, 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 Wedding announcement pumps it to help you draw a card. Oh, Michiko's yeah. Reign of Truth, whatever, pumps it, draws a card. What if you just somehow pump it and just attack and draw every turn? Is that legit? I mean, it, then you've built, what, Werewolf Pack Leader, basically? Like, that's a snowball <laughs> card. Yes, if you can, that was a good card, Seth. If you can, like, consistently draw a card every turn with this, it's probably absurd, right? Werewolf Pack Leader was busted. So if you can build a deck to do that, the question's going to be, like, how much work does it take to get there? How easy is it to turn this into a into a Werewolf Pack Leader? Will there be any great free until equipment? they play children? And you're like, okay, yeah. Please stop red, drawing cards. Yeah, Swing I die into your I obliterator. <laughs> I see your obliterator. Well played, sir. What you pre-boarded? I, I, I concede. What about commander? Any merit? Oh, like, would, do you have any interest in building this as your commander? And or would you throw it in the ninety-nine of like? an actual Wyleth or Asters or Boiner or whatever, like some actual good <laughs> equipment commander. In Commander, this is a good in a 99, right? Like this is definitely sweet there because yeah. you want redundancy. And since it's doing everything else that every other Boros card does, like why not have another version of it, right? And it's pretty cheap. It's pretty well-costed. Uh, and like I like its ability. Like you, because then you'll be able to curve out. You get to play this, uh, this into whatever the three mana one from Zendikar Rising or Rising. Ah, Kiri, yeah, a yeah, Kiri. Kiri like, 
Yeah, you just do that and you just kind of curve out. So I, I would try to build a go wide equipment deck where I use the guy that makes rocks equipment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you make like a bunch of one one tokens and you each give them one rock each. And then, and then you swing with your Kadeen and try to like one shot someone. Oh, what is having rocks beaten like into them? <laughs> the go this wide equipment, like reverse Voltron. Just everyone gets one yeah. piece of equipment and you got a rock, sir. So uh, good luck. I'm <laughs> surprised you aren't the rock guy on Marvel Snap. <laughs> <laughs> Great with uh, that battle axe that you always play too. The, oh. the one that keeps yeah, but usually you want to stack it all on one person. Like <laughs> if I had eight battle axes, Jor Kadeen would hold them all. But <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, that's true. <laughs> eh. All right. Uh, oh. Slow bad iron goblin two in a red three three legendary creature Phyrexian goblin artificer at red or at rare. Tap, sacrifice an artifact, add an amount of red equal to the sacrificed artifact's mana value. Spend this mana only to cast artifact spells or activate abilities of artifacts. This is Wait. like the most busted looking card that I don't know. Yeah. Does it I don't know what to somehow? do with. Yeah, <laughs> like it reads really powerful. But the restriction that you can only that you can only cast the mana on artifact stuff, kind of like the power stone restriction almost. Makes it a little harder because you can use like affinity stuff, your mirror enforcer, seven mana, you're casting it for free, tap this, seven red mana, or like metalwork colossus making eleven mana. There's ways that this can make an absurd amount of mana. I just don't know what to do with it because of that restriction. Like I guess you just try to cast a blight steel or portal to Phyrexia or something. So I don't know. It seems good for artifact sack commander decks. If you're playing like Ozgear or uh, some other commander deck that's not just an artifact deck, but actually actively wants to be sacking your artifacts, then this is probably a pretty sweet addition. Otherwise, I don't know. I just I don't know what the payoff is. I can see how you can build a deck, but is like uh, play a bunch of artifacts, metalwork clauses, sack it, get a blight steel. Is that like a legit thing in modern or something? I I would be surprised. It'd be funny though. Like. This seems pretty busted in Commander, uh. Be, but like it to me, it's no more busted than anything else in an artifact deck in Commander because I feel like artifacts and, and Commander. There's always something that gets like cheats out a massive twelve mana play. There's always, there's probably a way for them to untap this too on top of that on its way out. So I'm excited to see what becomes like of it. But like you know what, as you've known before, Seth. It just confirms, always kill the artifact player. Just kill the artifact yeah. player. You don't have to deal with the nonsense that's going on. Just kill the artifact player. Just get it. <laughs> uh, words to live by. All right. So those are our early Phyrexia. All will be one spoilers. Set releases in like February or something. So after the holidays, I think we'll, we'll actually get a proper spoiler season. This is just a little pre-holiday drip marketing from Watsy. Before we uh, before we move on from Phyrexia, we got a Phyrexian question that came up this week. Uh, just a quick little one. The question is, do you want your favorite Planeswalker to be completed? Apparently, there's a bit of a debate going on in the community. Some people are afraid that their favorite Planeswalker will be completed. Other people are rooting for their favorite Planeswalker to be completed. Where do you guys land? Are you hoping that Planeswalkers you like are completed, or are you worried about that? Koth desperately needs to be completed. Yeah, like something. something. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to be brought back together like Robocop. He's not doing well at all. Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great TV show right there. Uh, 
Yeah, like I, I, I'm all for the completion or not. I, it doesn't matter to me uh, because I like black. And the way I look at it is like if you add black into the mana cost, that'd be kind of cool. But or you'll just use, like they, they've been doing the thing where they just use Phyrexian mana symbols in the color that they're normally in. So that I, I assume that black mana would get added if it was like completed, but I guess not. So I wanted to see a blue black Jace, a blue black Teferi, right? Or or you know like so Teferi drops his white and then and then brings in black mana. Also, I, I if you're telling me a completed bolus, you're telling me a cyber bolus. Like okay, <laughs> that this sounds awesome. Uh, so I don't know. I like the idea of like completion. If like for me, I'm not a huge lore guy, so. It's not going to change too much for me if, if like, some of my favorite Planeswalkers get completed. But uh, what if it's irreversible, Grim? Like, what if completed Teferi means you never get normal Teferi or even another Teferi because it's been completed? Like, would that change your your thoughts on it if it meant your this was the last version of your favorite Planeswalker, essentially, because it's completed now? I mean... Then I would be sad, but then that would mean that we'd get a new version to, like, fill the hole, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're going to keep making and I'll naturally, walkers, so. Yeah, like, I'll naturally gravitate towards that. I, I don't know. This is probably just me from watching, like, you know, reading manga, comic books. They'll come back. It's fine. Like, whatever whatever <laughs> yeah. it is, it's fine. They'll come back. Like, they, they always come back. Like, Tezzeret has been this adjacent to ever getting completed and controlled by Bolas his entire existence. And not once has he ever been completed. I don't understand how that is, by the way. <laughs> like, how has Tezzeret managed to not get completed? I mean, I'm I'm fine with my Planeswalkers getting completed. I think it's kind of cool. And I think it's a powerful mechanic. So, gameplay-wise, I, I really like how, how the completed Planeswalkers play, so... And I'm an edgelord, so naturally you got you gotta you gotta love it when your planeswalker gets a little edgy as well. <laughs> all right, I, I assume oh, all planeswalkers will be all colors at some point. That they will, <laughs> you know, every couple of years they will cycle through and gain whatever spark thing to be whatever color. So uh, I don't think it matters. I don't think magic lore makes any sense whatsoever. <laughs> I don't know that anyone actually follows it beyond like, oh, there's a new card and this person's coming back for this set. So they have a new card. Other than that, I'm not sure anyone reads the novels or we should be even reading the novels, which are actually gone. I guess the website, <laughs> the website articles that are loosely edited. <laughs> like, I'm not sure anyone reads them. So yeah, whatever you need to justify whatever broken cards you're selling. Go for it, Watsy. I'm fine with it. <laughs> I wonder if it's bad that Magic's lore is like that. Like, if the goal is to have TV shows and, like, do you need more consistent lore to actually make that stuff work? Like, yeah, I yes, don't know. They, they just need to, like, pay someone to write good books, right? Yeah. And then you, you will read it because it's a good book, and then you'll become invested in the characters, and then you'll start buying stuff for that character, right? I, I have bought... So much random X-Men stuff because I just started playing Snap. I'm like, oh, look at all the stuff that exists that I can buy. And then I just started buying them, right? Like, if, if I could feel the same way about, like, Jace, you know, that would be pretty sweet, right? But I actually have no connection to any of these magic characters, really, because what's the story, right? I, I don't really know the story. I don't know their character. I don't have any real connection to them. I mean, they're paying great artists now to make this special art. Like, yeah. we've seen all these famous anime artists and stuff. There's no reason they couldn't do that with the story, right? Couldn't they just pay some, like, great comic book writer or whatever graphic novel yeah. writer and, like, make some awesome magic lore? It seems like that would be a thing that they could do if they wanted to. And maybe they 
maybe they oh maybe they should so isn't and, brandon sanderson like a uh like a it's a name i've heard but he writes fantasy novels i believe and he plays magic he has a cube oh yeah that's he did the that's the people who did the the uh summit or whatever right isn't that I think so. Like the big if, thing in Utah a little bit ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he was there, but I do know that, like you know, like if if he is a fan of your game, can't he also like? Why don't you ask him? Come to him with a, a solid deal. Yeah. Anyway, we had another question from Mark Rosewater that I'm very curious what you guys think about this one. So apparently. With March of the Machines, which is not Frexy, but the set after that. And we know there's this Aftermath set that's coming with it that we don't know what it is. Apparently, there's going to be big changes coming. And someone asked Mark Rosewater, are these big changes to the story or to the gameplay? And Mark Rosewater just said, yes. <laughs> and if you look at the if you look at the description to March of the Machines Aftermath, the tagline is rebuild the multiverse while building up your collection. So do you have any speculation? Like I hear people throwing out new card types. Like maybe we're getting something uh, that we haven't even thought of before. Kind of like when planeswalkers enter the game, people that were having a hard reset and everything's going to be destroyed and it's Dominaria 3.0 and magic's like rebooting. Any speculation what these big changes might be? Oh boy. What could it, what could mm-hmm. it be? I don't yeah. like what what new card thousand dollar packs. That oh God! Your no, collection please, while rebuilding your bank account. Um. <laughs> I mean, new card types are so hard to speculate on, but I don't think anyone would have guessed Planeswalkers like a year or two before Planeswalkers, right? So I guess there's probably a card type out there that we've never even considered that could exist. Yeah, contraption stickers. <sighs> <laughs> oh, oh no! A- yes, acorn cards are now legal in every format. That's the that's a big change. I'm kind of here for this. <laughs> or like, what if what if March? We don't know what aftermath is. We know it's a standard legal set, but it's not an actual full set. What if it's universes beyond based? What if it's like one Transformer, one Lord of the Rings, and Wizards is like, boom, officially in the lore. This is a multiverse now. Uh, that would be. <sighs> I mean, I I don't think that's it, right? Like that's that can't be it. There's got to be something big, it's not really like gameplay related. Yeah, like you you got to get something gameplay related here, right? And I I'm just curious what that would be. Obviously, if it's something new, we can't. I I doubt we'll figure it out, right? Unless like power stones are like evergreen or something like that. Then it's like <laughs> cool, I guess. <laughs> but it, it's got to be a story element and not because like he he didn't make these kind of bold claims when we got like dungeon mechanic or something right which is like you know a new mechanic with a new card thingy like he didn't really say such things right so i would say what what could it be i mean you think there's a you think there'll be any rule changes i mean we there could be but what what rules would need to be changed at this point although i guess like yeah, I don't even know. Maybe a legend rule change. What if they get rid of the... This something Mark Rosewater has argued for for a long time is just get rid of the rules baggage of legend and just have it be essentially a, a flavor piece for commander, but like not actually have a legend rule in terms of gameplay. Is that so that you can... I'm curious, like, why? Like, the legendary rule makes sense, though. Right? Like... 
Although, like, yeah, like, like I, I don't know. It keeps it's changed many times over the years. I think the one that made the most sense is like once there's one legend on the battlefield, there can't be another one. I think from a flavor perspective, that is like the most real one because there's only one of these characters possible in the world or whatever. So I think the current yeah. one, like you have a shield, I have a shield. I don't know. That's that's a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Something I mean, to think about. I would. I. I so Mark Rosewater always hypes up the next set, always. Ooh. So I wouldn't put too much weight into this. <laughs> he, he, he's like the hype man, right? He always hypes it up. And most of the time, it's like, whatever. Like, he hyped up Infinity forever, right? And <laughs> do we really care about it? No. So I think it's just a normal standard set. And then if something surprising happens, it happens. But my guess will be it will be for commander players or something to enjoy and not... 60 card players like if you're waiting for something to save standard like this is probably not it uh so you know if you're a commander player then maybe maybe something exciting is gonna happen dude infect is back <laughs> times two this is mega infect it's mega in infect, infect, infect dredge storm is coming here we go please let it be mega infect <laughs> Oh, well, if you have ideas of uh, what this big change might be, or if there even is a big change, and maybe it's just Mark Rosewater hype, definitely let us know uh, your guesses in the comments. So speaking of Mark Rosewater, we got one more one more topic that just came up today, which is a storm scale update. If you're not familiar with the storm scale, uh, that's how Mark Rosewater ranks magic mechanics based on how likely they are to return again, with one being like, it's going to be back all the time and 10 being it would take a major miracle for this mechanic to ever return. So we went through Throne of Eldraine and that era of standard, which has some pretty powerful mechanics like that's companion era, adventure era, mutate era. I don't know if you guys saw this article. I don't think we can go through every header one by one. But did anything jump out to you from this new Stormscale article, Richard? Yeah, so uh, adamant. Which no one knows what it is. What's that? <laughs> it's when you when you have a you use three man of the same color. Uh, no one really liked it, so it's probably not coming back. Storm scale seven, uh, adventure one of the most popular things ever. Storm scale three, food tokens very popular. Storm scale two, companion uh, hugely unpopular. Storm scale nine, <laughs> cycling three, mutate uh, surprisingly unpopular seven, uh, kicker three, landfall three. And that's it. So, I anything new here? Like, basically, Mutate is the surprise. And probably because Mutate didn't build a giant monster like we were promised. It did something else. Um, but all I, the other ones, we, we've seen, right? Like, they've, they've printed adventure cards since Eldraine. They've, they've not, not in standard, tokens. Yeah. Adventure kind of surprised me, I will say. Like... Because that was a very powerful mechanic. I, but maybe yeah. that's just like a power level issue rather than a mechanic issue. Like Companion is a nine because it's very hard to balance and it's busted. So it hits on multiple things. I feel like adventures can be balanced, right? We've seen that a little bit with Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate where we had adventures there. They weren't in standard, but still, I don't think they're breaking anything. So maybe it's not the adventures is a broken mechanic. They just like twisted the knobs a little bit too much and powered up the ones from Alderaan too much. I didn't realize it was that popular, though. Did you get the impression that, like, Adventure was an all-time... They say it's one of their highest-rated mechanics of all time. Like, it is one of their most popular. Did you realize that Adventures were that level of popular? I mean, yeah, like, they're they're very good, right? Like, you just... A basic unsummon 
or shock plus a four or three that was also another shock if you targeted it like these are all very good cards and it plays quite nicely when you can like example uh just murderous rider you can return that back with like a marin deck right and you can put it back into your hand instead of like into the like into play uh so you can use it for its removal half there's usually a lot you can do because it's a creature on the front side getting around duress things like that like there's just so much upside to this creature that also has a spell attached to it yeah. I mean, I mean, I it's wonder... played everywhere, right? Commander, you play Adventure <sighs> Commander, you played older formats, even like modern people play Bone Crusher Giant and stuff like that, right? So, yeah, Don't to you me, people... this is just actually a power level scale. <laughs> Essentially, like if your mechanic is good, people like it because it's powerful. But if it's too powerful, then it's like high, right? If it's like Storm or whatever, and like Companion, yeah, Companion, like mutate, like the, like there's never a mechanic that's weak like actually underpowered but like plays fun or something like on this list it's always like correlated because like what if you like making a giant stack from mutate or something it's just like the mechanic actually sucked so then no one liked it but if you had like an op mutate deck in standard maybe this storm scale will look different like so far it looks one-to-one to power like kicker cycling all very powerful food adventure all card advantage all like mana flexibility power you know high power level mechanics I mean, is food powerful? <laughs> does that does that count as powerful? I know there's some like cards that care Cat about food set. that were Cat popular. Oven. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, Sacrifice well, decks are popular. <laughs> that's true. They are popular. Well, if you're interested, you can find it on the mothership. Uh, not not a ton of new information, but it's uh, it's interesting to see Watsy's perspective on some of these mechanics that the community has talked about so much, like adventures and companions and whatnot. But Anyway, I think that's our last big topic. Good news is, I think we got some fish mail. So, Richard, why don't you fish mail us? All right. If you have questions, send them to at MTGGoldfish with the hashtag MTGFishmail. And we'll get your questions on air. Uh, Mr. Dude 8, I would like to see a video where Saffron Olive or the Asian Avenger play a top tier competitive deck through a league and try to go 7 0 on Arena. Any chance of that happening? Just, just like playing a normal, like a normal. Yeah, you got you got to sweat it out. Okay? You got to <laughs> sweat it out, and you're gonna be judged on your misplays. Uh, are are you guys washed? Can you still do it? <laughs> that would just be too easy. Yeah. <laughs> after after playing against odds decks for so long, if you give me an actual tier deck, it it wouldn't even be a challenge. <laughs> I, uh, I I don't even know. Like I haven't like. I haven't played a tier one deck since I cared about a PTQ, right? <laughs> like, and that and I'm not talking about a PPTQ. I'm talking just about a PTQ. This is a tier one for the past like five years, Crip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. I mean, t- Grixis is tier one now. So you know what? Yeah, I, I can play a tier one deck now. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll play a tier one deck now. I'm honestly curious if people would like to watch this because I always thought it could be cool to have like every every tier modern deck or pioneer deck like just have one video of each of them almost as a resource so if people wanted to be like oh i'm thinking about buying this deck what does it play like i can go to uh, watch the video but i don't know if people want to sit through my worry is that like people have seen these decks so much because if you turn on some random stream or someone else like a pros content who mostly plays these decks you might have already seen it so i'm curious i'm not opposed to the idea but i i would be curious if that's something people are actually interested in watching or if they'd rather watch the the janky brews that win you know 50 percent of the time or 20 percent of the time rather than the top tier decks 
I think like, we just want to see you guys try hard. And <laughs> I think I think most people don't know this, or maybe they do, but like Seth and Krim are really good at magic. And if uh, they turn off <laughs> like like they, people underestimate how much it takes to like scream or to like narrate on camera. Oh my god. Like how much focus it takes and how much it takes to play like a new deck like every day, essentially. But like if they turn off the camera and they play seriously, they're actually like very good players. And I don't know uh, that people actually know that or not. Everyone's I just, like, oh, uh, it's just the fun YouTube guy. But like, <laughs> Seth will Seth will body you if he really needs to off camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just it's it is it is amazing how much making content makes me worse at magic. Like, I guess it makes sense because you're like splitting your focus. But it, it's really if I just play for fun with the camera off, like. I feel like I play so much better. I take time to think through my plays and like the lines. And yeah, it really yeah. makes like a huge difference when if I'm streaming, I'm like trying to think of the next joke or whatever instead of the <laughs> instead of what my opponent might have in their hand. You don't you don't make plays for the content. You actually make plays to win. Yeah. <laughs> Too sweaty. <laughs> Too sweaty. Combat. Probably, what is this? Probably, Attack yeah. all. Uh, all. Maybe right. we'll try it sometime. Oh, we, we, oh you know, we, we need like a sweaty... A sweaty goldfish tournament. That's what we need. Ooh, <laughs> us yeah. against ourselves? Against each other, yeah. Who's the sweatiest? But you know that she's going to be the us? sweatiest of them all. <laughs> but we're just going to build a bunch of jank and throw it at each other. So, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's solved. It's like whenever we play CDH week, and then they're like, these aren't CDH decks, guys. We're like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, all right. So, thank you to Mr. Dude 8. If anyone else has questions, you can send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fishmail. And we get to your questions on air. And I believe that brings us to the end of episode 412 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Car Conduit for supporting the show. And we will be back next week with kind of a special cast for the holidays. So keep it out for that next Monday. Speaking of the holidays, happy holidays, everyone. I think this is technically our uh, our last podcast before that starts happening. So have a wonderful holiday season, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening this year. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. So until see then, everyone. See you next year or something a, eventually. <laughs> have a we good have one. saying that. Yeah, see you, see you next year indeed. And this is a crew <laughs> signing out. <laughs>